Up next on Inside Champ Car, the VIR Hot Shoe. Welcome to Inside Champ Car. Brian Bolanski here. Bill Strong is the funny-looking guy in the top right corner. And the guy next to both of us making the whole place look classier. It's Mike Skeen. Oh, no, it's wait. not. Just the other ginger guy. <laughs> Wyatt Foster joins us. Hello, Wyatt. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Hey, uh, Wyatt. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Ryan's back from vacation, or as I like to say, assignment. Yes, yes, yes. I am I am refreshed and ready to go, and uh, I've been like the Energizer Bunny this week, Bill. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Just sending emails like crazy, yep. giving me work. <laughs> I don't believe I did any you know, of that. Oh, wait, that might be somebody That's else. That's a different guy. <laughs> Wyatt's here with us. Uh, we start every show, Wyatt, the same way. And uh, I'm not even going to let Bill diverge from the plan this time, because <laughs> uh, usually he does. Sometimes I do, but it's usually Bill. But anyway, we started every show the same way, and that is with a simple question. How did you get messed up in this crazy sport that we love? You mean uh, champ car or motor racing motor in general? Racing motor in racing in general. When you were motor a wee little in lad oh. and first oh discovered I cars think, and uh, racing. Some of my first memories as a kid was watching Michael Schumacher as a, a, you know, in Formula One with my father in the couch, you know, in our basement at like two years old, watching in that, you know, famous early, like, uh, it's been late 90s, something like that. And I was like, I always wanted to try that. And when I, you know, hit about, about eight years old, I started really get, jumping into go-karting and, uh, did pretty well out of it, you know, right out of the gate. And I said, well, man, maybe I'll just keep going with this because it's about the only thing I think I'm good at. And it very rapidly snowballed into, you know, what I've been doing for essentially the last 23 years continuously. So, Bill, that was basically the how to say the hosts are old without saying the hosts are old. I know. <laughs> I started, I thought about Michael, racing as a small child Michael in the year Schumacher 2020. when he was two years no, old. Was like, you know, I was 94. when Michael, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. two years old in 94, Bill. Yeah, I was uh, three years old uh, in 94. Okay, we're, let's two, move on. Yeah, I had two kids already. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my kids are way older than he is, yeah. Yeah. So how did you get to the racetrack? Was that... Uh, um, was dad part of that too, or did you find your yeah, way there? Yeah, starting out, way? obviously, at eight years old, it's pretty hard to cut enough lawns to <laughs> be able to afford a go-kart. But, right. uh, you know, you could try. But, yeah, it was my father. My father has been a car guy his his whole life, right? Sure. So I already had that inclination and that, you know, just enjoyment. I think, like, when I was, you know, early on in my childhood, I think, you know, the cars he had was like an E30 M3, you know, brand new. He had a... He had an NSX, he had a Toyota Supra, you know, all the collector's cars. Of course, unfortunately, he sold all of them. You know, so <laughs> I don't have them now because I'd be doing great if I did. But yeah, he sold, he sold, but uh, I spent a lot of time in that, like that. So he was definitely a car guy because he spied out all the classics of today and he bought them new back in the day. So, Does, so doesn't, yeah, that, so. doesn't that suck though? You're, you're, you're as a teenager, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, you're like, oh my God. 
this is going to be the best life ever and they go and sell the cards yeah my dad my dad flipped him it's like two years like out of nsx i flipped that in a year and then got a toyota supra i was like i'll flip that a year later and you're like uh it's like well if only you kept that in the e30 m3 i would be feeling really (laughs) really good so yeah so he uh he was just a car guy and he wasn't a racer you know but i i said you know i really want to try the competitive aspect of it and and i I guess, you know, young enough on, I convinced him to take me go-karting and, and he said, all right, let's give it a shot. And we worked on that for, you know, quite a few years. And then eventually I was hopping up into, you know, junior formula stuff. I did a little bit of like motorcycle stuff early on, but my mother said, you need a roof and a roll cage before <laughs> mm-hmm. you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, your so mother's I, a nurse practitioner too, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, she said, better. he's like, no more of that, please. So went back to cars and i haven't you know really departed from that from i don't know since i was 17 to 32 now so 15 years continuously in cars now i know why it's our guest but his father was extremely influential into how champ car live got started and how uh, helping us out on the technical side of it your dad was a big time tv producer um and he got us in contact with folks and who helped us out as well. And, and, uh, I want to say thanks to your family because that it really helped Paulie and I. Yeah, out thank you. I appreciate at, that. At what we were do, trying to start up in the early days. We had no clue what we were doing, but your dad said, neither did we, when we were doing Saturday night live. Right. Right. In the early yeah. days. So it's like, wow, never even thought about that. Everything is just being developed as, as they went. So basically like we did. So, um, you work at the, uh, uh, I almost said the University of Virginia at Virginia International Raceway, and you are the chief uh, stud muffin, or as <laughs> we like to call it, the uh, chief uh, um, driving instructor. Yeah, so and, I work. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Sorry. No, I, and you know we have a twenty-four hour race coming up, and uh, I like to talk to you about how you know wh- how does one go about attacking VIR full course. For those that had never been there and even those that have been there and just want a little sequel. Yeah, that's that's the multi-million dollar question for sure. That's um but he yeah, wants money, guys. He wants money. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what that's what people pay me for. But yes, of course. It's uh this track, obviously, I love it. And I've, you know, basically it's my home track. I make my living here because it's just it's such a beautiful facility before you even touch the actual physical racetrack itself, just coming in here and the facilities, everyone, including myself, is just so beautiful. Stark, you know, it just has that green. nice, yeah, the greenery, you green, know, if I go, green. I, Every yeah, and we like go a, into is nice. Yes. Yeah. In a week, in two weeks, I'm going to Coda and I like, I drive around Coda and you're like, oh man, I, I miss the green, you know, it's just, <laughs> asphalt and 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 paint. red and yeah. paint <laughs> yeah but um yeah so this track you know being it's natural you know it's into the actual you know m- you know natural topography it's in it's basically sprawled over three separate rolling hills because it's a it's a long and narrow track you have a couple hundred feet of elevation change and it just makes it so much fun to to drive with a lot of technical bits that go beyond what a 2d map will actually show you in terms of camber changes and elevation you know things like the climbing s is a very famous all the little nuances there but it's definitely 
I would say in my, you know, experience, one of the hardest, if not the hardest, technically challenging tracks to drive. And that's what makes everyone want to keep coming back here and, and doing laps over and over again, trying to get that one perfect lap in. Paul Newman said, if there's heaven on earth, it's VIR. Yeah, exactly. I did. St- I, I don't know if I first saw that on your website, but it is on your website. I think I think there is a banner somewhere in the paddock <laughs> that has that uh, in one of the buildings that has that quote in there for sure. Yeah, well, VIR just released their history video yep. on YouTube and okay. a little short movie, and they talk about that there too. Pretty cool. So, yeah. um, you know, VIR's the latest uh, iteration of VIR has been open since around 2000. I think it was 2000 mm-hmm. when they reopened it up. That sounds about um, right. Yeah, um, my buddy or my boss at University of Virginia came out here and went to the first event they had, got to drive around it. I guess everybody got, you know, pay, pay a few bucks and go around the track. Came back and says, dude, you've got to go to this track. And it wasn't a year later, I'm down there, and yeah. it's just like, wow, this place is amazing. Um, yeah, I, now, I would... we, have, we have run, I think it's 12 about 12 or 13 24 hours the first 24 hour race we had there was on the south course right um yeah. chump car and then then we did a 24 where we ran the like, grand well we ran half the course and then overnight we switched to the full course and then the, the following year we ran grand wait wait you switched we ran to, grand a few times did you switch to the full course in the dark uh dusk I think they went. That's just mean. That would really flag. keep everybody on their toes. Oh my sure. gosh! I, I mean, yeah. to to have to make that transition, yeah. Now that's just cruel. <laughs> and we were paddocked in the south court, so oh, <laughs> that just made it really weird. Because you know, you only see that one part, and the guys are way off. It would just seem so backwards to me because it was. Yeah. And then, uh, then we went back to um, the the. I think we did the the grand course a few times, and. Then we went to finally settle down the uh, the full course. So, what's your what's your favorite course there? Um, I yeah, obviously the full course is the benchmark for everybody, but I I do enjoy the grand course as well. The several you know only get to run it a couple of times a year just because it's like a miniature Nurburgring right. lap in terms of the fact that a really quick car if it gets under three minutes long for a lap time is is really hauling. So it's like right. a and you have very little time anywhere throughout the lap to ha- take a break. Right. So you're constantly just going along, and I think that's uh, a fun, you know, mental challenge. Yeah, we did one time where we ran it the full course, and I oh sorry, we ran the the uh, the grand course, and we switched back over to the full course. And I remember getting in it. I think it was like five o'clock in the morning in Troy's car in the Biohazard MR2. And going back out and going and completely forgetting that we were now doing the grand course. And <laughs> balls out, going down the back straightaway, and then seeing that tire wall. And in your head, you're going, why is there a tire wall in front of me? And then, oh, shit, slam the brakes, <laughs> turn the car, and hopefully it turns. I didn't turn, and I just nosed it into the tire wall just a slight bit. But uh, backed it out and continued on. But it was like that instant. I'm awake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, they don't call that turn the bitch for no reason. Yeah, oh, that's God. literally what it is on the track map. So uh, they've made some changes to VAR. They've added some new tire walls. They've added the paddock is mm-hmm. completely different now. You enter the track in you know in different spots. Yeah, we have a new so, staging area. Yeah. It's very nice. So, but that wall, that's crazy. Fourteen. Yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've I've uh, I've gone back and forth on it. You know, um, I think I've seen some accidents there that you know, where the wall could have stopped, you know, if it hadn't been there, prevented a car from touching and having any mechanical damage. But I've also seen crashes there where I'm like, I'm so happy that wall is there because before it was a row of tires and a steel guardrail immediately behind it. Right. And and now it has a big bundle that is not attached to anything you can actually move. Right. I mean, yeah. this last weekend we had a, um, a friend of mine in his 992 GT3 have a, uh, which is a Porsche 992 GT3, the current the current car. He had a uh, ABS failure coming off the back straightaway at 160, and I think he hit that wall almost head on at near 90 miles an hour, and uh, he was able to you know climb right out of the car afterwards. Wow. Of course, he had a five point and a Hans, which is right. very smart. But if he hadn't, if that wall had not been there. And he just went straight into the you know regular the old tire wall with the steel guardrail immediately behind it. I, I don't want to know what would have happened to him. Right. So, and I know so that I, also kept cars from bouncing back onto the track too. Right. And that's one thing that I think is going to be that's always different. You know, now is when you every time I come over uh, the crest of thirteen, which is the crest in the middle of the back straightaway, station thirteen's off to your left. Always checking that station 14 off to the left at the end of the back straightaway. Then, like champ car racing, you know, uh, uh, lighter cars that you guys drive with, you know, a lot less power than most. Uh, Plenty of people hit that and then ricochet back into the track now. So, that is another aspect of something that you didn't use to have because people will hit that wall and then bounce back into the racing surface. So, now you do have to also be very cognizant of that. Um, oh, that's interesting. I, I thought that was meant to stop that from happening, but I guess you have to make it to a certain yeah, they don't, level they don't to stop the over. They yeah. don't go over and hit you as you're coming down the hill in your right. passenger door. Right. They might just go into that tire wall. They hit it at 10 or 20 miles an hour. If it's like a Miata, it can bounce back that's off right. of the thing and then right. be, you know, half a quarter of the way on the inside of the track. So it's always good to watch that uh, flagger off at 14 as soon as you come over the crest. Right. Right, and he's right. He's always on his toes there, too. Yep, so. for sure. It's an exciting place on the track. A lot of passing and it's a narrow area, so you do have to be very careful. So and then they added some um, some new uh, walls down at the bottom of uh, Hogpen as you come off yeah. the hill. Yeah, There's off to our left. Stop you. I mean, they're quite a far ways away now. Um, you're talking about, like, off the front straightaway to the left. You would have to be going on one heck of an one heck of an excavation to get out to them. But you if you say did, that. it just, it you just stops that. you getting the rest of the way into the woods. I uh, <laughs> yeah. or I, into I, the river over there. We we saw someone hit that wall back well, in March. I have not seen that yet. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it it was it was it was. <laughs> and you had to be doing something something it, to get well, all the way wet. out there. It was wet. Uh, which I'm sure didn't help. Um, but yeah, it's the, it was a little little hairy. But uh, Bill, Bill, you're doing um, the 24 with Wit now, right? 
Yeah, what now? Driving for them, yes. Right. Do you I'm have driving a, a day shift. Do you, do you have a, a, a notepad and a pencil with you? Oh, I know that course, dude. I am no, the no, master. Okay. Bill is of telling DIR. Bill is telling me to make sure <laughs> that you are taking notes. Oh yeah, because no, he I wants his notes. car coming back in one piece. Yes. So. Well, one thing I do is I'm not going to overdrive somebody else's car during the 24, uh-huh. unless it's Troy's. Okay. But I'm not yeah, going to. That's I'm fair gonna, game. Yeah, I'm not going to spin off lap one or All even right. before the lap begins. He just wants you um, to take good notes. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, it's I'm driving a, a mini. I haven't driven a front wheel drive car in years, um, on the track, but I figure it's just like a mid a mid engine car with you know tires in the back driving just at the other side. So you, it's it just the same like thing, that, right? Just, just be not one eighty opposite whatsoever. Yeah. It, just stay on the throttle. But Bill, you have to realize that you're going to have to drive that car frontwards. Oh wait! Yeah, yeah. See, that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference. yeah. The horse is pulling the carriage. It's not pushing the yeah. carriage anymore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'll, I'll get it right. I, I raced a Shelby Charger GLHS many, many years ago. Some of those lacks up there from doing that. So nice, nice. <clears throat> it'll so, come back. So Wyatt, now you're, you're you've established way early in this podcast that you're a youngster. Um, yeah, rub that in very nicely with us. So, um, did... hey, hold hold on, bump the sound a bit. They're saying the the volume's just a little no- lower than normal. On for all of us. I guess. I, yeah, I can bump it up. Sure. No problem. Um, there we go. Yeah. So so we've established, or you established very early on, that uh, you, you're a youngster. Um, did you run VIR with the oak tree? Yes. Yeah. I okay. think my first laps on VIR, I think it was about 17, 16, 17. That okay. would have been 2007 or so. So I had a I had a little bit of time with it for sure. I really do miss that. Though. How, how much? Yeah, me too. Different is it? If you've never oh. driven it with the oak tree, you don't know any better. Oh, um, it's way different. It's it's massively different. The first thing I remember was the auditory. It was so it was so exciting to drive out and go under the tree, and then just as you're rolling hard down on the throttle, you're under the canopy of the branches and the leaves, and you could hear the reverberation of your engine, you know, coming up. Oh from above you back in i was like ah and there's then also a guardrail on your right yes so there is. and you were right up against that guardrail yep and you had corner workers right yep. there that right was their, like black, favorite black flag station they could get out and like <laughs> hit you in the face yes. with the black flag yeah. <laughs> throw it into your car you idiot Bill, yeah, you know all about much. the back black flag right you know uh, fun, funny thing bit. about that i think i've only been black flagged <laughs> one time and I, I don't even or just one I think time it was ever. one of no, I think it was one of my other drivers, and I got blamed for you know because you did it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The car did it, and yeah. I got. I'll sit here, and I think it might have been contact or something. It was just a long time ago. Long time ago. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but now that corner is doesn't even feel like the same corner to me. Well, between recon- the, they reconfigured it when they re- yeah. did the repave. The extra pavement off to your left, like before, that was a much more difficult, much tighter turn because okay. where our gray original curbing is, one inch behind that was into the mud and, and off. Now we've got the FIA tiles, and then you've got a whole car width's extra pavement. So it, it completely changed the feeling of that corner. Plus, visually, you couldn't see around that tire wall, guardrail, right, and right. tree. So right. someone came, you came around there, and someone had spun. They're like, Oh, hello. 
you know, yes. right as you would be trying to accelerate back to full throttle to go out onto that straightaway. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like before I would have to chicken lift, you know, because mm-hmm. you just you just couldn't trust anything, especially myself. <laughs> but now when you can see the whole thing coming through, it's just a whole different deal. Um, yeah. And um, it's probably safer now. But well, there's a couple of safer. spots that were <laughs> reconfigured as you come up over out of the S's, the uphill S's. You come up over the hill and they widen that. What's that corner called? Not turn nine. Point. Turn nine. Yeah. They widen that out. But people are still hitting the dirt there and the grass. And Yeah. Yeah. The S is really is very, it's like a one line, you know, one car width line up through there. It's, it's exciting to fit too if, you, if you're brave enough. So, yeah, but that. I just say you've got the ear of the people that run the place, right? You, mm-hmm. you can talk to them anytime. Now, th- there's a lot of oak trees on that property. There is. They, well, they have an oak tree right across. We we uh, we it. replanted uh, a sapling from the original oak tree just outside. If you, if you look there, there's a little mound with right. two ble- breach, you know, bleachers. And right in between it, there's a little tiny tree down there. And that's it's not our, tiny uh, anymore. It's starting to get big. It's, it's, it's relatively. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's relatively. It's, it's okay. not like that big when they planted it. Yeah, no, but you, it's now like a large bush. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could have put a tree back there. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, um, so. they, they could have replaced it. Or, they could have, but they could have, but you know, with getting FIA certifications yeah, I, and all that, and and trying to do that whole thing, no one really wants to have anybody crashing into a tree. Yeah, I know. And then there was the uh, luckily when that tree fell down was the end of a three day you know massive rainstorm. Yeah. And no one happened to be renting the track that day. I can't imagine how exciting it would have been to have been <laughs> flying up through Hello. 11, come up and be like, ah, uh, an oak tree in the middle of the track. Because <laughs> no, it, it fell into, it fell yeah, into the track. Yeah, it fell track. back across towards uh, towards the outside. I, re- I remember getting that, that text on Twitter and seeing it and going, what the hell? Oh, a branch fell. Oh, shit. No, the whole thing fell. Yeah. And it was yep. like, wow. Yeah. I, I remember reposting it on one of the one of the forums saying that people all around the country are crying tonight yeah. for an oak tree. All right. Let's start off the track real quick. Going down the front straightaway, you have that kink that when you're driving, yep. it doesn't really feel like a kink on the front straight. It's nothing. Yeah, it's even downhill, too. Oh, is it? I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, go yeah, stand at the guardrail. Go stand at the guardrail yeah. there. You'd be amazed. It's like 10 feet downhill between the top the bottom of that little kink right there yep now then you 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 you're basically at max speed you know mining the traffic on the left on the people coming out of pit lane at the right you have a blend line there you have to watch mm-hmm. um on both sides basically you want to stay to the blend line side when you're coming out of pit lane because if you don't it's going to hurt yeah plenty of people merge in front of people straight out of the pit Ooh. lane and you don't see them people coming especially on track days when you can have some cars out there like i've gone into turn one at 170 miles an hour if if someone was merging out in front of me in a miata they wouldn't be having a very good time now chris said don't let people know how fast his e30 is yeah so <laughs> i can't even, i don't even know if i even remember <laughs> well, no, we were uh, all about the same but they could break a lot later than we could <clears throat> and they were a lot yeah. lighter but so yeah. you hit the to everybody out there, the proper breaking point on that track is five. Remember that. 
You yeah, see a little six. mini. You see there's a little six, mini or the six. So, yeah. yeah. If, if you see a little you, mini hitting the three or the two, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Yeah, if it's <laughs> applying the brakes at 98 miles an hour, the two is acceptable. <laughs> ah, well played. Oh, well yeah. played. Yeah. See what you get, Bill? Yeah, yeah. You're coming in there. The smart you started there. that. If you're coming in there at 120, 130, it really depends on the weight of your car. I mean, right. some people have to break. Have to make up a seven board with the stock car guys that we have running out here occasionally in the VIR club. You know, you have to make up new oh, boards, yeah, that's right. but <laughs> but uh, you know, a good I usually like in, in Chris's E30s, I think we you know, in fuel saving mode, we'd lift around the six and hit the brake around three and a half, right? That's about then, where we did the MR2 as well, about three and a half. Yeah, yeah, so, just gotta make sure you don't run out of brake, of course, before the end of 24 hours. That's the trick. Yeah. Well, that's it, and you know, and and what happens if you if you miss that turn? You can go off. You can go off pretty far out there. You can. Do you try to save the car. Do you just nice yeah. and easy? Is it bumpy? Yeah, if you wet? go Is off, if you go off turn one, I always tell people don't. If you know you're not going to make it, don't start to turn right because if you turn right and cut the corner, there is a wall right there on the right hand side of the track that you go straight downhill and head on into. If you keep going straight. You've got, you know, 400, 300, 400 yards before you hit anything to slow the rest of the way down, circle back, and come back on. That's just, be it's better. Yes, it's better to keep going that way. I've explored it a time or two, and I've always decided to just go straight ahead. That seems to have worked out better than, than uh, the right. The right I've seen people do, and that goes straight downhill right into a wall, especially if it's wet. You're, you're not getting out from down there for sure. All right. So you make the corner. Um, you come out of there and you've got another kink and, uh, you want to head over to the right, get to the right side as much as you can before you get into NASCAR. Right. Um, yeah. The apex for one is, is quite far around. Actually, it's, it's deceptively far around as it's an increasing radius corner. So you've got a, the biggest problem I see. And when teaching people there is a lot of people overslow the corner, they pick the apex speed they want, which is usually somewhere in the range of the high forties for most street tired treaded you know car high 40s and they'll find that speed at right at the one board or the right in between the one board and the right arrow they'll be going you know 45 47 they'll just touch the throttle and turn in at 45 and drive 45 from the corner entry all the way around the apex which ends up giving you a bunch of understeer there because they'll be just casually you know with maintenance throttle it's taking weight off the nose of the car that kind of corner, the biggest thing I see is trying to convince people to release the brakes smoothly and then roll the car in and only apply the throttle one time, which would be right around the uh, very end of the curbing at the apex of one, which is that short piece. There's another piece up by the exit um, as you come up to that crest on the way out. Some people, you know, they can they can hug the inside. If you've got a higher horsepower car, I like to try and draw a straight line sooner. If you're in a Miata or something like that, as soon as you're at the apex, you can put the throttle down and let the car track out to your left. But as you're coming out of there, I just hold that same bright steering angle mm -hmm. all the way till I get back to the right-hand side of the track, coming into what would be turn two, which is that little left before NASCAR bend, which is turn three. And you have a little flagging station off to the left there as well. Yeah, um, it, which is 99% of the time not manned, but that's right. where it gets its corner name from is station two is right, right. there. And then so, we have uh, station three, which is the left-hander. Right. And yeah. I see I see teams taking the curbing there. 
I see teams not taking the curbing. You're talking at the apex. At, at, well, at the apex, and then they they track out over the um the bumpity bump bump bumps. Um, yes, on the right. I like to do that. So turn three, turn three. I find most people are amazed how fast that corner actually is going into it. Right, you have a lot of pavement on the way in, and then it seems to shrink as you come down towards turn three. Now there's on the right-hand side, and this will be a good thing for everyone to remember if they haven't been there before, but as you come into turn three, there's about a large pizza-sized shape of a white like a sealant that went over a pothole that everyone had developed from running through that. And that was the natural line to try and get out to the right. So as you came through turn two, you wanted to use the car's momentum to track you back out to the right to set up for turn three, and you went on have as little steering angle in as you could as you brush the brake. It's not like a hammer on of the brake right. because you always have steering input in. So you go to hammer the brake while you're turning, a lot of people will spin the back yeah. of the car around. Yeah, my but, son you know, you brush too. in and, a, yes, a nice in and a smooth out on the brake pedal. And then you're going to turn in and you're going to try and drive that right front tire over my white, uh, like, concrete patch in there right right at the right-hand side of the track. It'd be very obvious to someone who drives right, the, right. the lap. Then the, the curbing, the curbing really depends. Um, you can hit that, but if your car is on the stiffer side, usually you're trying to be back to full throttle right as you're coming up to the three curb. And there's plenty of cars that if they hit that under power can start to slide the back end of the car. Wow. So uh, a lot of the time, I would come right up to the face of the gray curbing without climbing it. Um, higher momentum cars, you know, they don't mind it so much. Right. And then I would like to track out as you're as you were talking about. We have that now extra pavement that we didn't have back in the day. Right. That out on the outside of turn three. I like that curb. I like to try and straddle that curb, which is the gray curbing plus the FIA tiles, and that puts me right down the very right head right hand edge of the track going into turn four, and that gives me the maximum track width coming in. So I like to, because if I'm on the inside of that curb, I would actually have to steer right slightly to get back to the right-hand side of the track to get that maximum track width for turning into the left-hander at turn four. You know, you, you mentioned on um, at turn one that you wanted to kind of be patient and ease it in and then and then come up right. and throttle later. Here you're talking about wanting to straddle the curb and maybe not use everything you've got there. Um, I find that, VIR is a track maybe more than many others where patience is really helpful. Kind of where going slower might be going faster. Is that kind of how you see it? There's, um, in the slower speed stuff, yes. You know, there's that classic trope of you always need, and the people teach this or say this all the time, but you always need to have some sort of pedal input in. And I don't subscribe to that. You know, pedals. So like either you're braking or you're accelerating. But I find, you know, the car really likes to rotate the best when all the car's available traction is used for steering and it's not used for some braking and or some throttle. So patience is important for sure. And there's a lot of corners at VIR where one quarter leads immediately into the next one. So if you're very aggressive and trying to get the most out of, say, turn four, which is that sharp left-hander right. right after turn three, our sharpest left on the property, you will be 
you know, very to the inside of 4B, which is the right-hander immediately afterwards. And I see a lot of people make that mistake because they try and carry way too much speed into turn four for getting that 4B, the immediate right-hander uh, right after that sets up. Basically, if you have, you know, most champ cars, it's going to be very close to 5A and B being almost flat out. So 4, 4A can really start your straightaway. So if you're overdriving 4A and B, then, of course, your exit speed out of 5A and B down the bridge straightaway right. up to the S's will be lower. So, now, as, as a car, if you were a car owner, would you tell the driver to shift at 5 while he's shifting at 5.5 or 6? I'm just asking for engine Ron. RPM. Where yeah, where's Ron? Where is he? I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> how fast is a? How no, fast? Ron, we Ron, Ron was telling me to shift it to shift at a certain point. I said, "Well, what gear are you in? At, you know, when are you shifting?" Is five. I said, "Okay." So I go out in the visceral nine four four, and I go out there, and I'm shifting at five. And then I look at his in car videos that we have the live video. I'm like, wait, shifting wait, at sixty two hundred. Yeah, like eight. I don't know, but yeah, he was he was in like seventh gear by the bridge, and I was still in like fourth. But yeah, sucked. Um, the the uh, so the S's, uh, what do they call the lower S's? Yeah, what five A B is the lower S's. Yeah, and then after you pass the bridge, that's the climbing S's. Right. So the lower S's now. There's a famous video of you out there. Which is better to pass on the tarmac or pass in the grass? Uh, it just uh, depends on. I know. Wait, wait. I, I know passing <laughs> the grass got you a win. Right. Yeah. If it's 15 <laughs> minutes to go and the leader's four seconds ahead of you or something like that, then passing in the grass, it might be safer if you know that the car ahead of you definitely will not Either. be intentionally <laughs> driving into the grass. So. <laughs> Sometimes that could be the safest way to keep your momentum going, <laughs> but it might not be the most uh, most recommended. Ninety nine. Who's the race time. director for the twenty four? Uh, all of them. All of them. Hopefully, yeah, they're not listening to this broadcast. Recommend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've already talked about this. We've talked yeah. about it over and over again. So I didn't see the video of Wyatt uh, beating everybody at uh, VIR back in twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Might and, have been my um, first race. Yeah. And he, uh, I I'm sitting there, I, I think it was like last year, and I, I pulled up this video, and it's from Chip, or as I like to call Skip. Um, <clears throat> Chip has this video up, and, and it's Wyatt just crashing through the corners. It was awesome. But it's like, wait, you, you can't, no. You know, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yell, uh, yelling at my TV. That was early 20s me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've really, I don't think I've really changed much in the, in the preceding decade. I so we did the same thing over again. So I learned driving the Camaro through there that the curbs really helped with the speed because you weren't, you know, just no, just right. straighten that line up as much. Five as you A, five A, which is the right handers you go in to the lower S's after you've just come out of four B and you're on that short straightaway there. That short straightaway, it's not really straight. It's got a slight rightward kink to it. So right. as you come through 4A, you're going to try and carry enough speed through 4B as you transition from left to right to have momentum to track the car out to the left to set up for 5A. So you really want to be accelerating the car, even though I'm turning hard to the right, eyes to the right, going through 4B, and the momentum is going to drive me out to the left. Then... That that part of the track has really deceptive geometry in terms of the fact that as you go into 5A, the track actually drops away right there, right where the end of the curb is, driver's left as you're coming into 5A. 
So you actually turn in maybe I, I I say about six six feet sooner than you would if the if the corner was perfectly flat, you know, flat. Right. So you're going in ahead of the geometric line to get around the dip. Otherwise, the car just sinks into a hole and you can never seem to get it rotated. So that ends up meaning that you need to touch the inside part of the 5A curb, which is that right-hander there. I usually try and put the center line of the tire on the seam between the gray curbing and the green and yellow FIA tile. And that helps get you around through there. And then um, on the exit, that 5B, which is the as you're coming out of there, that curb is my favorite curb on the whole property. If you watch any of my videos on my YouTube channel of me driving around there, that thing gets monster trucked over like, you know, nobody's business. Yeah. Because as you track out of there, the FIA tile is on a really nice angle. So as you track out, you go up on the gray and then you climb up onto the FIA curbing and it catches you and places the car back in the track. So it basically oh. finishes the corner off for you. You carry enough momentum. It's like driving into banking on a NASCAR oval, right. essentially. You go into it, it catches the car and it brings you back down onto the track. And it allows me to carry, you know, two more miles an hour. I didn't have that luxury back when I first started driving at the track in 2007. If you did that, you'd be left sides in the dirt. And right. we uh, frequently now, were back then. Now, then you go, you go under the bridge. You want to set yourself up right. Make sure you're three or four abreast as you go up through the S's. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not doing at least three wide, you're not living, you know. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. and it's got to be nighttime too. If it's yes. not nighttime when you do that, yeah, don't even bother. Come try again later. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so you come up there. You know, uh, the North Course that you guys you run. Right. Uh, I think it's December race, right? Yeah. North Course pavement is off to the right, so you want to be basically almost in there, and you'll see four little cones. Is usually four, sometimes three, depending on where maintenance is put. <laughs> Move some of them. <laughs> But you'll see those four cones right there on the right. And the end of the north course cut through as it goes up the hill will make almost like a triangle in the grass right where uh, the end of the north course cut through pavement ends. And right as I get the right front tire there, you make a nice arc left. And the simple thing is you're just aiming for the back uh, of the curb at seven. And you want to try and draw two straight lines up that hill, essentially, as I come down. From the north course cut through, I want to draw a straight line across the backside of the seven curbing. Eight is the crest, or 8A is the crest as you go up. And uh, the the part of that that um, is really important is that you really want to have the steering wheel be dead straight before you reach that curb and are climbing over. Because if you go over that curb and you've apexed in early, and this is what gets most people so they'll come into seven and they won't keep coming left through seven long enough, which is a left-hander at the bottom of the S's. And then they'll just head straight in towards eight. And so when they get to eight, they're all, when they start to turn the wheel, if you pause their onboard video, they'll be almost on the right edge of the track before the steering wheel goes right, which means when they hit the crest, the nose of the car is actually pointed off to the left of the, um, the track behind the 8B curbing. Which means that when they come over there, they say, oh, dear, and they do this number. They don't say, oh, then, dear, by the way. Yeah, they don't <laughs> they have say enough time something. to say that. Well, they, they don't know, have they enough say time to say anything. But it ain't, oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> PG-13, PG huh? Yeah, yeah. So you go over, and if you're doing this, now, um, some cars, you know, once you hit 130 miles an hour in there, you're going to be substantially airborne, you know. 
below that, most champ car guys were probably doing 110, 120 for the fast guys, right? As you go over there, the front tires, as you come down the backside of 8A, the, the front tires are going to be the first thing that lands in the pavement. And if you're steering to the right and you come down and land on the other side, the rear is still up in the air, but your front tires have now landed and their steering wheels pointed right towards the Patriot course. You're going to land and then the, the front's going to dig in and say, hey, let's go that way. And then as soon as the <laughs> yeah. back end lands, yeah. you're just going to go yeah. off that way to the and right. We've and we've seen it. And we've seen it happen. Yeah. 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 99% of the time, the accidents there occur to the right. You know, basically everyone goes off driver's right from apexing early into 8A, which is purely from not being patient enough to go back to Brian's point, not being patient enough coming into the S's, waiting until they get to that end of the north course pavement and then making a nice left to aim for the back of the seven curb, come up and go right over 8A and then straight. And then as you come over 8A, I like to have the nose of the car be in line with the 8B curbing, which is the curb on the left, just before you get to the top of the S's. And I want to put my left front tire right on the very back of the gray curbing at the very end with the left front. And then that gives me the maximum track width in a nine, because really turn nine is the hardest corner in the S's right. um, for actual G loading. Like to, uh, the you know, seven and eight can be hard if your driving line is off, but if you can place the car correctly, like basically every champ car, I think would pretty much get up there wide open right. from seven to eight if you've placed the car correctly. But oh, turn it nine. Took, it took us a nine. long time to trust the arrow, to trust the car to do that. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day, for sure. Yeah. Back in the day, I think uh, we were lucky with like rusty, uh, Oh yeah. Um, which was I think it was lucky to be doing, you know, 115 or something, and it was yeah. like no problem. Yeah. But um, yeah, turn nine there at the top of the, the corner. That's uh now another way to know if you've messed up the S's at all is if you need to slam in your right front tire into the leading edge of the turn nine curb. That curb destroys more wheels on the property than uh, than any other car. We had at uh at Kaizen, we had a uh a C eight Corvette right when it came out, right? And uh, I think it's like a 30 series front profile tire, oh, maybe right. it's 25 or 30. It's like a paper. We've, I think we, in the year span that we rented that car out, I think we bent somewhere in the, in the range of about a dozen right front wheels on that one curb alone. So if you're trying to run a 24 hour race, you know, you gotta be very aware that the leading edge of that turn nine curb is is nasty especially 24 hours in where maintenance is not going to be going out there during the race and filling the, filling the, the holes dirt, in. yeah filling the holes in they're not going to be doing that so well it's funny because you can tell because it happens i mean throughout this yep. throughout the course everything is perfect at the beginning of the race then you get a couple hours in you start missing cones those four cones that used to be at patriot are now gone um, yep. somebody's moved an apex cone 15 feet away and you go into that corner thinking that was your breaking point, and guess what? You're out in a field somewhere. Well, and also right. think about hitting that. What is there going to be? Six hundred laps in a twenty-four hour race, Bill? Probably eight hundred laps. I don't uh, one thousand. Was it a well? Uh, yeah, whatever. it's a lot. It, it's yeah, a lot of three, laps. Two <laughs> minutes a lap times yeah. so thirty an hour by uh, twenty-four. So you know, let's say you hit that four hundred, five hundred times. Your front hub's not going to like that by the 554th time. No, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it to the 50th time. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're so, lucky. 
Um, yeah, especially in an MR2. <laughs> yes, especially in an MR2. <laughs> so, so all right, so we, we we're we're getting ready to go into uh, station ten into the the turn ten yep, area. Turn ten, South Bend. That to me, South Bend is the hardest, and I think because it's blind, and I I I just can never trust myself going through there, and I always let off, and I don't know why, but yeah. to me, it's safer. Just a lit off. <laughs> that corner, that corner is really fun, especially at nighttime when you know the the problem with headlights is no one's invented light that can bend over a hill yet. <laughs> you know, as you come down close. there, yeah, we're, we're trying, but uh, yeah. yeah, problem with headlights is light doesn't bend over the yeah. hill. So going in there uh, is a lot of fun. Same thing with the S's at night. That's just so much fun, right. but. Uh, but as you come up there, you know, you come out at nine and you have that really nice little rise and then you come back down. Now, if you're going left, you know, if you're leaving the right edge of the track as you come out of turn nine at the right hander at the top of the S's, then you have that crest that's right there. And if you're trying to come back to the right edge to set up for 10 as you're going over that crest and you hit the brakes, a lot of people are just going to disappear drivers <laughs> out right of the field, off down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if you know, just disappear off yeah. down there and go for a ride for you know thirty right. seconds because you're going to probably leave the track at ninety to hundred miles an hour. But yeah, so you really want to stay right through nine, come up over the crest, and as soon as you come over that crest, I like to brush on the brake and then come off of the brake. And as soon as I go to turn in for ten, I'm going to try and aim for the very beginning of the gray curbing at the apex of ten. As soon as you can see that is really about the time you need to turn in. A lot of people think that corner is sharper than it is because you right. cannot see the exit of it. But it is actually only about, you know, it's a very shallow corner. It's about 15, 20 degrees. You know, it's not tight. But it's because you can't see the yeah. exit pavement that you're like, I think that thing is tighter. So a lot of people will end up going too far in. And then they will turn in sharply thinking it's like, oh, it's better to late apexes. So let me turn in late and, and hard. And they end up spinning the back end of the car around on the corner entry that way and going in. But really, it's a very early apex. You're trying to aim for the front face of that gray curbing as soon as you see it coming up over. And you really want to be on the throttle, at least some. If I pick 20%, I want to hold 20% till I get down to that curb at the apex of 10 and then be rolling the rest of the way back into right. it very progressively as I come out. You find yourself going in there and being on, you know, 20, 30, 40% throttle, and then having to drop it, if you have to go like, oh, I think I'm not going to make the outer edge of the track, and you start yeah. to peel the throttle off, you get that weight transfer to the front, and that's where you see all those tire marks that lead yeah. to that really large crash zone that we have there at the exit of turn 10 down on the left. So what do you what do you do if you if you'd find yourself like, oh, shit, I, I, I'm not going to recover this? Do you just continue straight? Yeah, it would be better if you feel that when you get to that exit curbing, you have a lot of steering angle in and you're like, yeah, I'm not making this corner. It would be better to open the wheel out and go down into that 55 acres of grass that's outside between yeah. 10 and 12, bounce along a little bit and uh, come back up, you know, halfway up um, into safely, uh, of safely yeah, or aggressively, which yeah. everyone else will do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as so you say. Yeah, so you 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 now setting up for uh, the downhill and kind of uphill because you kind of go down, compress yep. a bit, and then come back up. That's a huge um, uphill. Yep, and a lot of guys will kind of hang out to the to the left to kind of hit the apex at at eleven, 
It used to be a big corner. Now it's squared off down there. Um, I think it's like a real late apex there, right? Kind of, you stay out wide. As you for go 11? The well, so yeah, 11 for... is the, 11 is the, as I come down the hill out of 10 South Bend and I'm coming back up, I see the brake marker boards, five, four, three, two, one yeah. on, on the left. Um, as you come up the hill there, a lot of people forget that that is a crazy steep hill. So it's already decelerating the car as soon as you let off the throttle really quickly. So as I come up that hill, you know, a lot of cars are going to probably break between three and the two, depending if you're really going for it. You're going to be somewhere around three and two. I like to go in there and I, as I turn into 11, I'm trying to carry enough momentum in the car that the car comes through 11. And I like to go right up to the apex curb at 11, which is the first right-hander there. I like to not hit the apex curb, but have my right front be within a foot or two of the curbing. And I like to carry enough momentum that I'm still turning right all the way through 11, and the momentum of the car is going to track it all the way out to driver's left so that I can set up for 12, which is oak tree, which leads out onto our big back straightaway, the most important corner of the entire facility because it leads out onto the longest straightaway. If I make a mistake there, you know, you're penalized for 30 seconds. If I leave that corner five miles an hour down, I can't do anything about it for, you know, 30 seconds. So it's really important to have your, you know, your um, turn in point and your apex speed be accurate. And that's that those two corners are the hardest two corners for everyone I ever teach to get right. And unfortunately, it also happens to be the most important <laughs> sequence of corners at the same time. Now, in traffic, of course, mm -hmm. you can't take the line because yep. it there'll probably be six or seven cars right there or you know one car spun off or whatever but it's it's um you you get a lot of guys that will sit there and you know as you're coming out of 10 down into 11 they'll sit off to your right mm -hmm. and kind of set themselves up to kind of hug that corner going around there some cars can do it really really good i mean they, which means they could probably go faster if they took the correct line yes but but uh they're slowing through there but you have to watch them as you're because you're expecting nobody to be there and you'll turn in for 11 and boom, there's a car there. Yeah. Ask and that, that becomes, line. yeah, someone, someone passing on the inside between 11 and 12 is usually a pretty low um, percentage move. I will warn people right. just because uh, a lot of that, that's a very busy part of the track. And basically every time I try and pass someone there, I realize they're not going to see, they're not seeing me because yeah. they're, it's so intense. There's so much going on. You're coming up over 11, you come in there. And as you crest that hill, you don't really know where the outer edge of the track is driver's left. Right. So you're, you know, looking ahead and you're paying attention downrange because you're trying to get to your turn in point for 12. And a lot of people are not going to be at the same time looking in the rear view mirror for someone sliding up the inside well, there. So, and they're they're kind of throwing away eleven to make yep. twelve work because twelve is so important to go up that right. hill. So you're not only throwing away eleven from a track position standpoint, you're throwing away eleven in your noggin too. Mm -hmm. So you're not thinking that any, and you're thinking everyone else is going to throw it away. So you're not expecting anybody to try to make that move. Oh, but they will. Oh, I know they will. <laughs> yeah, you can make the move into eleven if you get a good run out of ten. But yeah. making the move between eleven and twelve, where that really feels like almost one car width wide, yeah, right? That always seems to be an area with a source of a lot of car-to-car -car contact over the course of a certainly twenty-four hours. 
So we've gotten through 12. You've got curbing on the right, which is really tall. You got to watch your yeah. wheel bearings, your mufflers, your. As you're coming through the apex of 12, yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then you go, you can go out left. There's a lot of curbing out there. We see a lot of folks using that, but I've also seen Tawadi with TLM. Uh, one of their drivers, uh, was the differential. I think it was the car was pretty low as he came out of the, the corner there, the curbing bottom or sorry, the, the differential bottomed out on the curbing, which caused all kinds of really high dollar damage on their M3s. So, you know, you do have to watch this curbing going around this track. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, that area can be a little bit bumpy. I think like 99% of the cars should be okay with it. But if your car is low, do be aware that you can, like if you're driving a sports racer or something like that, it's, it's a problem for sure. So you go through uh, turn 12. Now you're headed down the hill. Um, and it's a pretty good, you know, you you get a lot of five eighths of a five eighths of a mile here, a little over to, to run your car down that back straightaway. Now, something that I've, as you can see, if you're looking at the track map that VIR provided, there's a little arrow that tells you the direction the track is going. And off to the right of that arrow, the track kind of comes dips down. Over mm-hmm. on the right, it's more of a dip than on the left. Um, but there's also like a small kink. Kink, yes. So what's the correct position going through there? I, uh, I as I come off of 12, I'm going to draw, as I leave 12, I'm going to basically aim for the right side wheels to come up to that white line right at the bottom of that hill to come up. So I just want to run the shortest physical right. distance, the shortest, you know, make the track as short as possible in that point because I can still be full throttle through that little kink, of course. So I'm just trying to basically yeah. make a straight line and then go up and I'm just going to hug the right-hand side as I climb that hill. And this is a good place to check your belts. Yeah, water temperature. Water, yeah. Take a drink that, of water. That real corner set. worker station at thirteen. We always say, please check that. You know, he's up there at there. She is up there at the top of that hill. You got plenty of time as you come off at twelve to look up there. But I've you know gone over that hill and found people that are trying to crawl back to the pits, and their car can't mm-hmm. make it the other way back up the other side of the hill going into thirteen. And there's someone sitting there right on the driver's line with a stalled out car, right. and you come flying over that hill at one hundred twenty miles an hour. So we would say, yeah. please look at that station 13, which is right there at the left, at the crest of the hill on the back straightaway. And don't hit it. Yeah, don't hit we, it. We, we've had people hit that in our races. So you've crest that 13 there. You're getting ready to set yourself up for turn 13, um, which is a left-hander, a, a hard on the brakes. You've got your signs on the right, right? I think the brake yes. signs are on the right brake side. Bar, brake bars are on the right. Yep. And then um, you're you're making a left-hand turn. You've got a corner station there on your left, and you have to watch him because yep. he's looking out for you as you go down the hill. Right, where that new Roller tire coaster. wall is. Yep. Yep. And there is a new tire wall. Yep, of course. Yep. So um, you're braking hard. Where are you setting the car up for uh, the 13-14 area? So the trick to 13-14, I find, is a lot of drivers, when they come off of that back straightaway, as they come down the hill and start to climb up the hill again, going into their finding their break point, they'll really concentrate on 13, which is that little left kink. And when they do that, they have a tendency to drastically overslow the car. You really want to make that a section where it's one continuous brake application. I'll find people that go on the brake, 
they come completely off the break, they coast for 80 feet, and they go back on the break again for 14, which means that they could have gone, you know, probably a hundred something deeper. feet, yeah, hundred something feet farther full throttle at their peak speed, which is really, you know, paying a huge dividends. You really want to keep that 120 miles an hour, let's say, going as long as you can. So, you know, you're going to come up there. What I do is when I hit the brake, my mind doesn't even think turn 13 exists. When I go in there, the only thing I'm thinking about in my mind is where's turn 14 and how much brake do I need to go to the right down there? So you're coming up that hill and you're probably braking somewhere between the two and the one board, depending on the car. At a right, of, right as the nose passes the one board, I'm going to start departing the left, or excuse me, the driver's right hand side of the track coming in there. And I'm going to come through and I'm going to try and draw a straight line where the left front tire comes right up next to the 13 curb. And as soon as I've done that, I'm going to open the steering wheel up. And I can now have a straight line braking zone from 13 into 14, which means you come in usually about middle track into 14, which is and still. There's, there's a concrete transition point there too, isn't there? It goes from blacktop to concrete or. That would different? be, that would be sort of, but it would be the older asphalt to the newer asphalt. Okay, if you were yeah. on the, um, if you're on the grand or the, the North course, Oh, okay. there is that, that's where that transition is, but that's all you know, one continuous, there's a lot of sealant up at turn 14, you know, so it's a little bit right. darker pavement, which that is really treacherous. Yeah. If it's, if it's raining, it's very treacherous. Um, and then you come in there and you're going to release the brake, turn right. As you go down that hill, it's going to start to fall down to go into 14. Really, I like to have the brake off before I'm really rolling right. right. Put that right front tire up on just the gray curbing there on the right hand side. If you got a really low horsepower car, a lot of people can carry a lot of momentum through 14 track all the way out to the left-hand side of the track and then go down through 15 and still be flat out on the throttle. If you can do that, then by all means, carry a lot of speed through 14. Let yourself get drivers left before 15, even if, if you can still hold the throttle down and go through right. you know, 15 wide open. But if you have a, a little bit... Corner. The roller yes, coaster that's is a lot fun. of compression down there. Yeah, As you come down... If you have a higher horsepower car or perhaps a heavier car, it's important to try and exit 14 somewhere around the middle of the track so you can get a nice arc through 15. And that's that fast left that has a substantial amount of compression in it that most people don't realize. There's you want to try and bank too. Yeah. So but you, you want to try and utilize that. Yeah. A lot of people will go in there and they'll drive through the compressionary part and then try and turn because they see the right edge of the track coming right. up. And what ends up happening is the car will compress as it goes down through there, and then it will unload, right? You get all that spring energy stored in the car as it compresses. They'll not utilize it while it's hunkered down. They'll come out, and then they'll turn. And so that's right as the car is rebounding, and people will just spin flying off to the left or right. Right. So it's real important to try and utilize that compression to turn, point yourself down the hill. And you go flying down into 16. You have a long piece of gray curbing on the right-hand side of the track. And at the very end of it, we extended it with a bunch of green and yellow um, FIA you know, tiles, or green and yellow curbing. Right where that curbing ends is where I come from the very right-hand side of the track. I'm going to break across the track um, up to the 16 you know, A uh, apex curve, which is hog pen, the entrance to hog pen. This is probably my favorite section on the track because it's really, 
you know, a lot going on in a very short period of time. You're going downhill, then you're going briefly uphill, then you're coming up to a curb. You're trying to release the brakes, go over a crest, and then transition the car from left to right, all without spinning it off to the, to the yeah, left I, or the right I of the wrecked track. There. I wrecked there really bad. That's where I got my concussion and mm. my brain started bleeding and crazy shit like that. So that has taken me a long time to get to where I can do it flat out again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and basically you're setting up for that long straightaway. It's not as long as the back straightaway, but you. But can, it's equally. It's usually equally very close to the same terminal speed because yeah. the entrance onto that straightaway through sixteen seventeen is a lot faster than coming off Oak Tree, which is usually about forty five miles an hour. You're coming out of there with a if you're doing a good job with a minimum speed through Hog Pen in the low seventies. Right, really what you're trying to yeah. aim for. And if you're if you're going into pit in, stay to the right as you come through yep. uh, sixteen seventeen. Yeah, you know, please put your don't hand do. up. Let people know. Yeah, don't cut straight across. I've seen some... I've seen oh. I've seen two cars in Champ Car go flying down into the pit lane before. I think Perry might have done that, or yeah, well, Perry, someone did that to Perry. I think once. Yeah, I mean it's it's happened Toronto. a few times. Yeah, because you're when you're working pit in, you see it. Like, dude, what the hell did you just do? Yep. Yeah, you almost Full took track five left cars. across. Yeah. And then right in. Yeah. So yeah. you want to stay right and then you're down in there. But well, as you come through, if you're doing 17 with a lot of cars around you and yeah. you're, and you're planning to go into pit, into the pits, it's like, you, you know, you're supposed to be on the right. You know, you're supposed to be slowing down, but you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to get my butt run over, yeah. you know? So I, I get the idea of trying to go there a little bit yeah. late, but it's just not a good idea. Yeah, when you come through 17, you really want to be staying to the right, right as you come through. Like, if you track out to the left and then come back to the right, you shouldn't really need to if you're if you're doing it okay. You're just going to feather a little bit, tuck right. the car around on the right of the curb and make that straight line into the pit entrance. Yeah. And then please don't run any of our lovely, uh, you know, volunteers and, and pit staff over as yeah. they give you your timer. Yeah, that's bad. They don't <laughs> like that. Yeah, we no. hear it on the radio. Yeah. And then you'll hear it. Yeah, they went three wide into the pit entrance. Yeah, <laughs> sideways into the pit. Entrance. Sideways. Well, we we've had wrecks there at coming yep. out of seventeen, and you know cars are just scurrying everywhere. And right. sometimes the safest way is just to go down pit lane. You still have to stop though. So yeah, you just can't <laughs> use that as your emergency exit. So uh, that's a lap of VAR. Now, of course, you throw all of that out when it rains, right? Is it yes. a completely different would... track in the rain? The trick becomes all those black sealant patches that are there just become avoid them. I see, you know, it's like 40% less traction as soon as you run one of those over. So if you go through turn one in the dry, you'll notice there's a big black sealant patch. You run that puppy over in the in the rain as so you're trying to apply the throttle. You're coming out of one. It's just like a skating rink. Yeah. And so you'll find off, that offline is basically the best place to be at most on most of the track in the wet. Um, there's some places where there is no option. Like if you're going into turn 14, the whole track is essentially sealed up at the top of 14. So you're just like on the brake, come off the brake and pray, go around the corner and then very progressively apply the throttle. But yeah, there's like Oak tree, Oak tree, for instance, there's plenty of sealant down there, but because that corner is so low speed and it's an attraction zone. Or people are trying to, you know, half of the people out here have Porsches and Corvettes where they're pounding and embedding rubber into the track. 
it feels like a start line on a drag strip up there. If you go do a track walk mm-hmm. and your little, your feet will stick to the, uh, the pavement, just walking around up there. So when you go drive that in the rain, that is uh, really exciting. So you have to be very, (laughs) and then, and then you're like, oh, wait, let me track out over that curb there on the left. Now, another tricky thing is all our really nice FIA tiles that you can use in some places on the track, they're slotted, they're slats, right? And they're on a little angle. Every little angle there is a pool of water at the base of every (laughs) next slat. So if you run out over in the rain, you're just drawing water up onto that tire and you say, okay, let's go off yeah. to the right there. And they're painted. And then, so that makes sense. And then, worse. yes, and they're painted. And then the behind that curbing, the extra, our extra pavement there on the exit of three and the exit of 12, that's also painted. You run that puppy over in the rain, you're on for yeah. another, another surprise. It just keeps going. So, yeah, it's a great track. That, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a few. I've done quite a bit of driving at like two, two or three in the morning with uh, that. I think it was like 2018 or 19. That crazy thunderstorm or oh, rain, yeah. heavy rainstorm came in at like two in the morning. That well, I've was been a get, blast. I've been getting my email together to Whitnauer to uh, get one of those little orange flags that you put on the um, uh, the bicycles, you know, the <laughs> little mopeds and stuff, just to let people know that I'm in the car. You know, that's why it's going so slow in oh, the they, rain. They'll know which one's you very quickly. <laughs> yeah. you, they won't need that. Bill, my best part, my favorite part of this discussion is every time you would ask Wyatt a question, he'd close his eyes. Oh, I know. I've noticed that. And yes. you and know, it. it's, he's looking at the track because he's yeah. done it so many times. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we hear people talk about that visualization and how you, you can sit and look at the track in your caller beforehand. And and this is a a case study right here. Let me tell you about the paddock. All right. So the paddock. (laughs) (laughs) There's Randy Copeland's favorite traffic circle on the way into the paddock. Yes, I know. Don't get me started on that one. You know, and then being behind the tow truck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one well, too. I nearly got killed by a gator in that uh, traffic circle last year. Oh, geez. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were there last year for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but for the first time in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, one of those little, like, four-wheel drive, you know, utility vehicles. Yeah, Yeah. this is America where no one knows how a traffic circle works, so (sighs) you always got to be on your your toes there. Yeah, Yeah. it was not not I I love them in England. I mean, they were just... Oh, yeah, I love traffic circles. Road road furniture, as they call them in Europe. (laughs) How how hard can I apex this this corner here (laughs) in my... In my 73 uh, Ford Capri. Nice. <sighs> yeah, fun times. Right. Um, so, Wyatt, you're uh, real quick because, you know, we're kind of running low on time here. But Oh, we're way um, beyond time already. Oh, I know. <laughs> so you, the picture we show, you, you're driving a um, – it's a picture I took last year yep, of you, you driving an LMP3. So you go from an E30 to an LMP3, and that's got to be wicked awesome. <laughs> in terms of, like, uh, in Just driving experience? Yes. Yeah. See, I, the funny thing is, I think a lot of people think stuff like an LMP3 is a lot of fun. But when you drive those things, it's such an intense experience and you have to focus so hard that you don't have time to have fun. When I go drive stuff like an E30 or I sometimes race a Porsche 912 from the 60s or something like that, I'm having the most fun I ever have there because I can actually take time to enjoy myself when you drive stuff like the lmp3 you know that's doing a low one minute and 40 second lap time right. you know one minute 41 42 somewhere in that range 
you're going up through the S's at 155, 160 miles an hour. Those corners, like, uh, they, they sure do show up very quickly. It doesn't take but like a half a tenth of a second's lapse of concentration to be throwing a $300,000 car off the track. So, 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 so my it's, friends, it's, a, it's like a, yeah, go ahead. Brian, so, so my friends who say the LMP3 cars, they just, they drive themselves. And, that is, a, that is and, the biggest lie and in and all any, of human any history. Any idiot could get in them and drive them fast or full of no. crap, right? No. See, the problem with like cars like that are the competition only tires that come on them. If you do not drive that car to a one minute and 44, one minute, 45 second lap at the slowest, you will never get the tires to work right. and you will be spinning off and having trouble and crashing the thing because you have to just go from zero to I need to drive at least a low or mid 140 to actually light the tires off to have them working as right. they're in their intended temperature range. How so, long did it take you to learn that? To, to actually to, learn to drive that kind of car? Uh, I don't I want to say uh, probably <laughs> about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, but you 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 held a lap record there at one point in a, some sort of little fancy little car with a motorcycle engine, right? Um, yeah, I've, I've held a few for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you're, you're fast there, so. So, yeah, that 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 car that car is um, on the very unforgiving end of the spectrum. If you ever watch the race series, you'd see the pros and the amateurs just be throwing those kind of cars off the track all the time. I mean, so, in the higher level prototype, whatever the top end one is at any given time, now it's the mm -hmm. Lama, whatever they call it, is actually hypercar e easier to drive because it's got a whole lot more downforce and it's got much bigger tires and and it's yeah, you it's think, more forgiving. It's, you, yeah, things happen so much faster, though. I don't you know. think so. No? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. A lot of those cars, see, stuff like that, when you get into that range, like an LMP3 is designed to be driving in a straight and narrow track. Any prototype or high downforce right. car is designed to be driving in a line. As soon as you get that thing a little bit sideways at 120, 30 miles an hour, all the airflow is not going in the direction that the right. engineers and all their wisdom intended. So as soon as you get a little bit sideways, the rear diffuser is going to stall, the wing, the air over body is not going to work, and you're just going to spin off in whatever direction you were going, like you were driving a Prius, <laughs> is essentially what's going to happen. Fair so enough. you just go end up flying. So it's it's a very uh, kind of harrowing experience because you, you either have grip or you don't. Right. There's no like, uh, once you cross over the 80, 90 mile an hour threshold, it's like it either works or it doesn't, yeah. the sort of feel. You're not going to be like, drifting through a turn at 120 that's not oh. going to happen and we've all seen the the top gear guys trying to drive a formula one car for the first time and right you know it's just so difficult so you have to be able to drive it very competently right out of the gate or it just right. won't work for you right yeah so right. well why before I think, uh, goes, we need to oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah just just real quick you mentioned a youtube channel that i'm sure oh, everybody yeah. would would love to check out so wh where do we find that youtube channel we'll, we'll put it in the show notes too yeah, I think my YouTube channel, I've got a couple of videos on there, or quite a few. Um, it's just Wyatt Foster, or W-Y Foster, if you search on YouTube. But if you search Wyatt Foster on there, I should it pop up, up if you cool. see. Cool. And Kaizen, and Kaizen, if, okay, I, I'm, a I'm a really good driver mm -hmm. in my head, but I want to get some professional um, help Coaching. quietly without people knowing that I'm getting professional <laughs> help. You're talking Who about racing help because there's some other no, no, professional at VIR, help you need I'm, to. I'm good everywhere else. I'm great everywhere else. But <laughs> what, what? Who do I contact at VIR? 
Yeah, we have Kaiser Model Sports. Another is the company I work for primarily as well. I work for the track too, but for Kaiser Auto Sport. And you can go onto our website, which is kaisenautosport.com. And, uh, and we have, you know, racing schools, we have car rentals, we have, you know, private coaching, we do track days, we do all basically cater to everything that you could want to do racing as well. We have quite a few guys that we support now, uh, doing races. So anything you've you want to do, you've got saloon cars with a sports car back there as well. Just different. Yeah. There's, uh, behind this is, uh, 350Z. Tommy Milner actually raced that in Hyperfest. He's going to come back and Tommy Milner and I on, September 17th, 18th, and 19th, they're going to run a race. He's a Corvette factory driver. Right, right. Um, he's going to, he's a friend of mine, and we're going to run the, uh, we're going to run a racing school on the 17th, 18th, and 19th. So if anyone wants to come meet Tommy and and learn from him and me, we're going to be running one uh, in mid-September. Right behind that, uh, there, which you can't see from that camera angle unless I stood up and took the camera, but there's our Audi R8 GT4 LMS, and then... I think that's um, a uh, GP1 WRL Cayman, and then the SR3s over there in the corner. And that's just th- four of like the 30 something that we got. And the SR3, that's the one I was talking about. That's a little. Right. The radical. That's, a, that's just radical. A, that's a, a little radical tube yep. frame, you know, prototype with a Suzuki Hayabusa engine in it. Are those fun to drive? Those are the most friendly way into a prototype. That's where I would start 99% of people off in because it's got some arrow, but it's not ridiculous to the point that it just either works or it wants to kill you. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good blend. Nice. Definitely not slow. You're going to be doing the oh, low yeah. 150 around VIR and that thing. Yeah. I saw Hayabusa powered tuck tuck the other night on YouTube. Yeah, was doing wheelies. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Driving down the motorway. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. All right, Wyatt. And uh, you're you. off to go racing in uh, LMP3. You won't be at VIR24? Um, I could be. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, Coda's coming up. Uh, I'm doing a test day uh, one weekend. I think I am I think I might be around for the 24th, so maybe yeah. I'll come hang well, out. Come on up. A... Yeah, come up to the um, uh, tower there, and we'll be doing the show. So come on up. Yeah, someone can confuse me for... Was it Neil deGrasse Tyson or someone when yeah. I when I did the South Course? Someone's like, "That's Neil deGrasse Tyson commentating <laughs> or something." Oh, I can't remember right. who it was. I do that. That was so that. funny. I do remember. Made that. me laugh. I can't yeah. remember who that was, but yeah, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll go up there. Or if anyone wants me to drive something, call me. There you go. Text oh, yeah. me on Facebook. He's got a helmet and a driver's suit. And he knows how to use. Yep. it. Can, can yep. travel. Nice. Yeah. And he might go by Mike Skeen. <laughs> <laughs> If I grow another three inches taller, I can yeah, pull that yeah. off. All right. Well, I right, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. We come back. Bill and I are going to take us uh, take us to the, the promised land here. I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. Stay with oh, us. Oh, yeah. We, we have a bunch. Welcome back to Inside Champ Car. Bill Strong, Brian Balanski. Woo-hoo. What a great conversation. He's got the, he's got the goods, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's fast. He's always fun. Oh, massively fast on yeah. track. You know, I I used to keep up with him just to see where no, I, where you, no, you know you how to take that one corner I could stay with him in <laughs> exactly because by the second until the end of gone. it <laughs> no, until the end of that corner right No, good kid. He's uh like I said, his dad really helped us out a lot in the in the early days of Champ Car Live. Um, but uh, yeah, um, love to hear the little ways because I actually learned a couple of things there. I I didn't know. There's a couple of corners I've always had issues with. Now, of course, the main one I told you about. Then yeah. there's others. Hey, guess where we're headed to here? Uh, actually, I'm headed out Thursday. Jimmy's already left. 
Um, well, if you look at the bottom are, of our screen. Yeah, we are headed to Deer Trail, Colorado, High Plains Raceway. Nice. So we've got 20, I think 26 or 27. They're not fully signed up yet, but they will be there. Okay. Um, we VIR. A week later, we fly back, get yep. back on Monday, and uh, Chelsea and I head out, and Dana's going to meet us all there and the rest of the staff. And we're going to put on a 24-hour race. This is, uh, I think, our 11th or 12th version of this. I think it might be 12th. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got 77 cars. That's the most we've had in a long time. Nice. Good and job. supposedly there's a few more that are just start, you know, getting their cars ready, and if they make it, they'll be there. Cool. Gingerman, we're down to, I think, uh, up to uh, 28 cars on that one. A few signed up today. Uh, Thompson Speedway, um, 32 cars. We've got a new sponsor for that race that's uh mbm performance will be sponsoring that race with us we've got t-shirts on order the whole bit yep. and we head off to uh lexington ohio for mid ohio so we're pretty much on the road for quite a while probably every week there then uh we head down to harris hill texas and uh that's a 45 car limit on that we're up to 23 and it filled up quick this past weekend um so that will hit normally 45 cars and if you've never been to harris hill i seriously suggest it that is such a fun track uh, then we head back to Pittsburgh International Raceway, 33 cars, and uh, then Road America. So that, uh, I believe Road America's um, today, or sorry, today is the cutoff for Pittsburgh for the early pay, too, by the way. Save 200 bucks. Uh, midnight, it goes away. Nice. So midnight Eastern time. Great. So uh, if you're going to Pittsburgh, sign up now, get out there. Um, and then uh, I head out to Phoenix for about a week right after Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, go visit my new grandkid that may, breaking news, maybe tonight. Oh. Don't know. Don't know. Cool. But, Very yeah, cool. number six. So uh, going to go out and see my wife and I got our reservations all ready for that one. So, nice. And I don't know if you notice on Facebook, I've been, like, uh, watching all these police chase videos. Yes, I we have. We have a buddy out Yeah, <laughs> we got a buddy out there in, in uh, Phoenix that's a state trooper and He's offered me a ride along, nice. which would be kind of cool. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. So if, we've run late on this. Sorry, guys, but if, we had a lot of information yeah. to pack in there. Um, we got more info coming out here as we get closer to to the twenty four from Dana. Um, we'll be posting that up as well on the forums, on Facebook, the whole bit. Um, yeah, lots of stuff coming up, and let's have some fun. Let's go right. race and be safe out there, guys. That's right. Let's real quick. John Whitnauer, Fritzy Garage, Fred Wolf, uh, of course, Timothy Elliott. Um, uh, let's see. I got a couple of oh. more here. Oh, oh, oh. Maisie Some, Tupola. A, a recent, a recent um, Endurance Series visited VIR and some fire bottles went missing from VAR. If you know where those fire bottles are, you accidentally took them or whatever, hey, we'll take them back for you. Do whatever. No questions asked, but uh, let's not take stuff from uh, from tracks. It yeah. could have been an accident, so yeah, maybe but, uh, or just contact the track. Yep, yeah, just just contact the track. Stuff happens, so uh, all right. But those things are very important, very expensive too. Yes, they are. All right, that's gonna do it for another episode of Inside Champ Cards. You like what you hear? So subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel so you don't miss any episodes. Also, be great if you share it on your social media channels. Comment on the Champ Car Facebook page. New episodes every week. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Polanski. This is the Champ Car Live YouTube channel and the Racing Wire Podcast Network. We will see you next week. Doing it all again.